comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. We got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off! Episode 318. Catherine revved up the microwave, but I pissed my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight, we do not play free cell on the air. So May third is just around the corner, guys. No the uh, Iron Man movie is coming out. You're not going to rebut my assertion. That I'm playing I was free say It's about time Frieza. we nip that in the bud. No. Plus, I play mahjong now. I don't do mahjong. Really? Yeah. That's a new game. That's awesome. I mean, it's great. I don't quite know. I don't know the rules yet. I just kind of click around. I love mahjong. Yeah. Great. I'm the same way. I've been playing a lot of Canasta lately. Canasta, but Very I have great. no Mahjong, idea what the you rules are. Two tiles at the same time that are that match. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the idea is to <laughs> remove oh, them. Oh, I've been doing it way the wrong. The idea is to remove oh, them in no. such a way that Man. that you end up with no tiles left on the. Whoa! So it's I like I got to rethink my strategy. It's like I've been doing it wrong. It's like Uno, only with <clears throat> bits of bone with stuff painted on them. <laughs> But, Whether that's uh, totally the same. So May 3rd, guys, Iron Man's coming up. We'd like to invite any half-hour-wasted listeners that mm-hmm. are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to uh, to I'm join listening. us when we go see it Friday evening. Yeah, we're going to go. For, the date opens, not Thursday at midnight, but Friday, probably 6 or 7-ish, maybe 8, somewhere in that time frame. We're going to have me and Frank and Bill. Uh, the probably, squid's coming. Probably the younglings. All right. Probably. Sage and Zoe. And probably some, some of the uh, uh, regulars we have, like Dennis Poo and Dennis, stuff. We're assuming Dennis, Dennis will come. Dennis and Steph and young Alex. If, if you guys, anybody listening wants to join us, please let us know. Yes. Yeah, you can drop us an email at halfhourwasted right. at gmail.com and just say, hey, I want to go with you guys. And we'll coordinate everything and we'll let you know and stuff like that. Yeah, Brian, if you're coming down that weekend, uh, show up the night before. By the, when you hear whatever. this episode, you'll have about um, eight nine, hours, nine or ten days to okay. to decide that whether or not you can make it. Plenty of time. This is airing well, on two Mondays before the weekend that the movie opens. So chances are we're probably gonna. There's a restaurant within mm-hmm. walking distance. We'll meet there. We'll grab a bite. Walk over to the movie. And we will be recording that evening too with our portable recorder. So be prepared to yeah. be able to talk on the movie. Talk about the movie. And yeah. Stuff. So if you are one of the coolest people that you know personally, and you don't mind letting us borrow some of that mojo, then, uh, you know, come on and, uh, you know, share coolness with us. And then maybe we'll all be moderately cool. Also happening that weekend in Dallas is the Texas Frightmare Weekend. Oh, yeah. That'll Ooh. be happening. Um, that, uh, by the way, the movie theater we're going to go to is probably going to be in Plano, which is north of Dallas. 
So anybody uh, in the area that wants to go, be, be ready to trek over to Plano. Um, Frightmare Weekend will be at a hotel in the DFW airport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a, one of the hugest horror conventions that I know of. And our good friend Liz BDS Murph, uh, she gets to work at that thing. Um, last time I saw her, last time, last year at the Texas Frightmare Weekend, she was, if memory serves, she was sitting at uh, Michael Rooker's table okay. in The Walking Dead coordinating, uh, you know, fans in line and, and things like that. She's going to be in town uh, doing this again. Um, hey, pop me up real quick. If you do go to Texas Frightmare Weekend, uh-huh. you might meet this fellow. <laughs> Saturday night, kids. Time for another monster killer horror theater. Oh, oh, oh. And tonight. <laughs> Who's that? We really have a frightening movie for you tonight, kids. This is really going to be scary. I'm not kidding you this time. This movie is called Blood-Sucking Monkeys from West Mifflin, Pennsylvania. And it's really good, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's take a look at this movie. It's really going to scare the daylights out of you. Ooh. <laughs> Let's take a look at the film. That, is, that uh, sounds like Bill. <laughs> that was from SCTV, wasn't it? That's the great Count Floyd. Yeah. Is that you, Bill? No, it's not me. It's actually from SCTV. I can show you the original uh, DVDs. I've got them in there if you want. The, the, um, Ooh, scare the pants of the socks or whatever you're wearing right off you. Ooh. So if you remember, I think it was Martin Short had a character that had very pointy hair, and he used to kind of stand really <laughs> weird, and he's like, I must see, I must see. Do you remember oh, that character? Um, Ed Grimley. Ed Grimley. That's right. Yeah. He had Ed, the one big whoop. He had the, so the huge. He loved Pat Sajak. Yeah. Wanted to be on the Wheel of Fortune. Oh That's, gosh, I forgot about something I just saw. Oh no, hey. Well, um, briefly, uh, Ed Grimley had a very uh, uh, a one season Saturday morning cartoon called the Ed Grimley Show. Yes. And Count Floyd made the only live appearance on that every week because Ed Grimley would watch his favorite show. And Count Floyd would come on. And those were pretty, a lot of fun. Because cool. it was just so, you know, it was so bad. It was, you had to love it. Nice. But anyway, back to Fright Fest. You want to no, hear, uh, hear any Ed Grimley? No, thank you. Not now. Oh, come on. Texas Frightmare Weekend. Some Brrr. of the guests that are going to be there. Tom Skerritt and Veronica Cartwright from the original Alien. Really? Very excited about that. Danny Trejo and Veronica Virginia Madsen are going to be there. You have several people, several cast members from The Walking Dead: um, Shane, Maggie, uh, Carl, Daryl, uh, and a couple. Uh, uh, shoot, what's the prisoner's name? So I'm um, basically going to have to watch a few episodes of this before yeah. we go. Um, let's see right. who else is going to be there: Gary Busey and Jake Busey, the father father son team. No way! <laughs> yeah, that, be there. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is going to be there. We, we, oh, we, we yes. know and love him from several Everything. Star Trek. Yeah, Denise H- Crosby. Denise Crosby. He did the be he there. did the H.P. Lovecraft movies uh, from Beyond and um, what's the other one? Anyway, he was also Wayun. Uh, yes, the Vorta from Deep Space mm-hmm. Nine. Sean Patrick Flannery, who's also going to be there. Uh, he was in the. Uh, the Boondock Saints, along with Norman Reedus from Walking Dead. Awesome. Kerry Gamble, local artist, a comic book artist, he's going to be there. And Kerry does a uh, horror comic. Uh, it's an anthology. Tales from the Grave? Yes, yeah. exactly right. Um, 
several other people, uh, Tyler Maine, Steve Niles, an author of uh, 30 Days of Night, is going to be there. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to read. Bernie Wrightson, a great yeah. artist, is going to be there. Let's see. There's so many people on this list. I, I, and what's kind of neat about that li- this list is that there's some really kind of B-level actors. Yeah. That, like if you had a, a sci-fi that maybe you really, or sorry, a horror movie, B-level horror movie you'd love, chances are the actor might be here. Yeah. I mean, and, this uh, a that's kind of fun. It's a huge gathering of these people. And I, I was able to go last year and uh, I was able to meet uh, Liz, who so graciously gave uh, Young Sage the Millennium Falcon. Yes. Oh, that was really sweet. Yeah. yeah. So oh. um, that's May third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, that's the same weekend that we're gonna go see Iron Man. We'll be seeing it on the third. Maybe we can get together and uh, visit with Liz sometime that weekend. That'd be awesome. Did you get something in the mail? Speaking of the great, the great BDS Murph. What'd she send you now? She sent uh, something for me, yeah, and she sent something for Sarge. Okay, which is too cool. Yes, uh, she uh, threatened to send this to me uh, a few weeks ago. Um, She uh, she popped it in the post, as it were, and um, it showed up. It was uh, she wanted to send me a a book, Mm -hmm. and she was fairly mysterious about what the book was. I didn't know if this was like a um, missing Frank Herbert novel or you know something incredibly awesome like that. She did not send me. She did not find a missing Frank Herbert novel that I've never, I've never read. What she did send me is stinking cool. I have not read, you know, nearly all the way through this uh, for many reasons. But uh, we just got it a couple of days ago uh, as we're taping this. Um, but the uh, the title of this book is "Why Does Batman Carry Shark Repellent and Other Amazing Comic Book Trivia?" Nice, featuring um, uh, information from, among others, Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. Give no, me some love on no. that. Can you give me some love on Congratulations. that. Congratulations, uh, Dave Gibbons and Jeff Johans. I think that's actually correct. Good. He had it legally changed. Okay. So what's that? Good. So what's the the back cover say? Like, what's the? Uh, um, it uh, uh, there are a uh, hundred. Tra- I'm 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 paraphrasing. You'll love me for this. Uh, there are uh, comic book writers and artists uh, of the present have uh, given us 100 trivia lists, including um, such as seven bands got their name from comics, uh, 10 crazy items found on Batman's utility belt. That one's awesome. It's also the first one in the book. Um, five comic book conventions that eventually became real. The five stupidest superhero origins. Nine <laughs> celebrities who guest starred in comic books without their permission. And much, much more. That's right. From Batman to Spider-Man, Aquaman to the X-Men, each list and why does Batman carry Shark or Bella will entertain and inform whether you're a hardcore geek or a casual fan. So you haven't you haven't read it yet because I would love huh? to know why he carries shark repellent. That's pretty. Funny. Hey, uh, I've, I've got that answer. The shark repellent vet spray. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. a terrible. Okay. Shark repellent. Shark repellent has made made not one but two appearances in the world of Batman. Really, no in way. the nineteen sixty six Batman film, which what which clearly we're referring that's what to. What I was talking about. Batman uses quote shark repellent bat spray to dislodge yeah. a shark that attaches itself to his leg while he's climbing down the bat ladder. Yes, it is actually labeled bat ladder from the bat copter to a yacht after getting a tip. The owner of the yacht was in danger. Yada yada. Interestingly enough, the shark repellent bat spray did not come from Batman's utility belt. 
Robin tosses it to Batman with excellent timing, too. Unbeknownst to Batman, the shark had a time bomb inside of it designed to blow up when Batman was nearby. Uh, the other things uh, in uh, Batman's utility belt, aquatic sound recorder. These, all, uh, um, <laughs> these are all real. This is from Batman issue 117. While, another planet, while on another planet for a mission, Batman uses a sound recorder to listen to footsteps on the bottom of the ocean while tracking an undersea creature. Um, a bat freeze pill in Detective uh, 362. <laughs> when the Riddler creates a bomb Adam instead of... West, Adam <laughs> West. So sweet. Um, when the Riddler creates a bomb that is set up by body heat, Batman conveniently pulls out a bat freeze pill from his utility belt that lowers his body temperature enough to deactivate the bomb. Uh, the Batman balloon from Batman 115. Batman is transported back in time where he must save a village from some dastardly bad guys. Luckily, he inflates a giant, a giant Batman balloon, ding, ding, which convinces them that he's a huge, all-powerful genie, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, and it scares them off. Sweet. He carries a Batman costume uh, from Batman issue 71. Always prepared for emergencies, Batman carries a special lightweight version of his costume inside his utility belt. It comes in handy during this issue when he disguises a bad guy as Batman to fool the rest of their crew. Uh, he carries a crayon um, from <laughs> Batman issue 149. While riding aboard a runaway train, Batman remarks how lucky it is that both he and Robin carry crayons with him at all times. Wow. As it allows them to draw a stop sign that they throw into the street to prevent traffic from being stuck, struck by said train. Hmm. <laughs> Geiger counter from issue 117. While on a mission to another planet, uh, again, Batman conveniently has a miniature Geiger counter that allows him to track a radioactive monster. There's no belt on the world that's big enough to hold all this stuff. Makeup kit from Batman number four. Are you going to read the whole book? Uh, no, I'm not going to read the whole book, but I've got three more items here. Okay. Uh, two more after this. Um, Batman uses a makeup kit from his utility belt to make him look exactly like a professional football quarterback who has been kidnapped by a gambling <laughs> ring in an effort to throw the big game. More rouge. Not only is he a convincing doppelganger, but he is also unsurprisingly great at football and wins the big game. I'm not surprised. Two more things here. Marble from Detective Comics 173. Batman and Robin have some pretty unique uses for an ordinary marble. If you roll it down steps, it simulates footsteps. And if you place it under your arm, it stops your pulse so that you can feign death. That's right. <laughs> wow. That's right. And uh, the uh, the last one. I want to get out of work tomorrow, so I'm yeah. doing that you one. Feign death. I'm gonna put a marble in. Wait my till uh, wait till Robert Julie comes over to check on you. <laughs> they won't find a pulse, and you know. he's dead. He can go home. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess he's he's taking uh, some PTO hours in. Um, they're not giving that away for free. And finally, the secret identity disc from Detective 185. In this issue, Batman debuts a new addition to his belt, a small disc that when treated with a special... I don't understand this one, by the way. I've read this one three times. I, I still don't get it. So in this issue, Batman debuts a new addition to his belt, a small disc that when treated with a special chemical reveals Batman's true identity. Batman's theory is that he, if he is ever in a situation where he is near certain death, he would use the chemicals to let everyone know who Batman really was, to ward off anyone trying to take advantage of his death to impersonate him. Okay, so read it one more time, please. I know, it's incredibly confusing yeah. and, and completely nonsensical. Okay, Secret Identity Disc from Detective Comics, issue 185. In this issue, Batman debuts a new addition to the belt, a small disc that, when treated with a special chemical, reveals Batman's true identity. 
Batman's theory is that if he is ever in a situation where he is near certain death, he would use the chemicals to let everyone know who Batman really was to ward off anyone trying to take advantage of his death to impersonate him. It seems to me like he could just kind of like maybe take off his cowl. Or, you know? Yeah, or like leave a letter or make yeah. a movie or... Or he you know. just uses one of those Hi, My Name Is stickers and just put it right on top of the bat on his chest. Now, Hi, what, what my name is that? Bruce W. Uh, Detective Comics 185. Oh, detective, I did yes. that. Hello, my name's Bruce and I'm a bataholic. Yes, and uh, I wish... But uh, oh, does it say who, who submits this list? Maybe it does. No, some of these do. Like, uh, um, no, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd the, like to read that book. The list. I, I will absolutely turn this over to you uh, when I've uh, when I've read through it. Um, top six characters known for sitting around. Uh, one, Charles Xavier. <laughs> Two, Niles Calder. I don't know who that. Oh yeah, Doom Patrol. Uh, three, Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four, Modoc. Five, Hector Hammond. Yeah. And finally, number six. Yes, you you called it out before I even read it. Metron. Yep. Pretty good stuff. Hey, I looked up pretty Detective. strong meat from Liz BDS Hill. I uh, I looked up Detective Comics number one eighty seven. Excellent. And uh, name of the issue is what? Oh, it's a what is issue? The secret of Batman's utility belt. Oh, and there's a glass case. Oh, and it has his belt, and he's showing Robin, and he says to Robin. I've lost my utility belt, Robin, and it means the end of my career if the underworld, underworld discovers what's in Pocket X. Uh, oh. And for some reason, Batman that? is wearing, instead of briefs, yes. he's wearing like um, volleyball t- shorts. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thought you were going to say a jock strap. Like, oh, I don't want to see that. So Pocket X, that's where he keeps that disc. That's I didn't crazy. realize he had 26 of those pockets in his belt. That seems like a, an incredibly efficient use of space. What did she send Sage? So what she sent Sage, the great BDS Murph, she sent Sage two items. One, and this is a classic. I mean, this is, uh, uh, where is this? It's yellowed. Look at that. I know. This is this is like from the 70s, man. Um, this is, uh, star- whoa, that's crazy. Um this is Star Wars Heroes and Villains. This is a golden book. Wow. It's paperback, but it's uh it's like um roughly eight and a half by eleven size. They're tear easy tear up pages. And so you check them out, like, okay, there's Admiral Akbar. It's like she started one picture when she was a kid and got tired of it. Well, you know what? She's it was funny. She said that uh um yeah. she said that there may be a couple of uh a couple of pictures that have been uh, crayoned in. Which is awesome. Yeah. And so that thing's, it's, it's stinking authentic. I think there's a copyright on the back of it, um, but whatever. You know, it doesn't matter when it came out. Um, the, the point is that, uh, that, that she, uh, she dug us enough to, uh, to share, and uh, that's so, so great of you. The other thing is, I, I think this, this trips me out. We haven't read this yet. Um, I do plan on reading this to, uh, to Sage, by the way. Um, it is a uh, again a paperback uh, published by Hound Kids, and this is called "Growing Up Giant," written by Peter and Angie Mayhew. Cool. Oh, and wow. those of you know Peter Mayhew, um, I had to um, uh, 
I had to explain to Sash. I thought she knew this. Uh, the the professor, excuse me, I'd explain to her that uh, she's like Peter Mayhew. Who's that? And I go, he was Chewbacca, honey. She's like, go, oh, that's doy. right. Yeah, I said, I said, no, duh. And then I said, doy. And then she hit me. Dingus. I've I've been keeping a stake on my right eye ever since. I um, wondered why you were okay, carrying that around. The awesome. Well, uh, I told you guys I was hungry, but it's actually terrible domestic abuse. This is terrible. Um, not that there's not that this needs to be cooler than it already is, but I opened up the front jacket of it, and what do I see here? Oh, it's personalized to it Sage. It is autographed. It says to Sage. Wow, Angie Mayhew, and it says. To Sage, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca. Wow, where'd she get that? Autograph? I have no idea. I got to find out. That is very cool. Hopefully, by the time this airs, I, I will have uh, emailed her, let her know that uh, it showed up and it's wonderful and I love it. And this is written in 2011. So, not that she would have gotten this back in the 70s or anything, but um, now what? she might have seen him at a recent con or something. Yeah. And, and the prof was like, How did she? And it's like, Shh. Liz probably saw them at a con. You know, That's and very said, Would cool. you please? And Peter Mayhew actually lives in our area. He's yeah, a- yeah. I uh, uh, back in '06, I flew back from um, uh, went up to New York. Um, uh, looks up- like that looks like Weird Al. Peter Mayhew. The illustration on the front looks like a little bit like Weird Al. Yankovic. It's there's a. I'll give you a little love on that. There's there are some uh, some Weird Al flavors. There's some tones uh, to that picture. But uh, but yeah, I. I um, uh, went up to uh, Manhattan to uh, watch uh, the professor uh, do a play uh, up in the West Village with her uh, with her theater uh, uh, classmates. And on the way back, I flew on a I was on a different flight than any of them. And I get on my flight, and we get up in the air, and I get up to I don't know, stretch my legs, go to the little little uh, general's room, whatever it was. And on my way back, um. I passed this guy, and I, you know, about four or five steps, you know, away from him, I realized that is Peter Mayhew, and Here's so a, a little bit of a name drop. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, um, and it was awesome. I mean, Peter, uh, Peter is was very deferential, and he he looked at me a little tiny bit, and he just kind of goes, "Excuse me," I said, "Excuse me too, sir." And uh, we 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 passed each other. I didn't have the That's guts. Awesome, dude. I didn't have the guts. It's Are like, you going to the restroom? It's to like do a- if this if this dear man Peter Mayhew is not getting is not getting beaten down for autographs or whatever for you know three hours of his life, I'm not going to be the one to break his reverie. So I just said, you I know what? Get- I've, I've got the memories, and I feel good about myself letting him just be. And so yeah, I'd I was, love to get trapped behind it. him, like in a a line at mm-hmm. a concession stand or something and be able to say, would somebody get this walking carpet out of my way? Oh! That would be awesome. I've always wanted to... Uh, <laughs> I always wanted to go up to, to uh, actor Gary Coleman and go, Dino <laughs> That would uh, be funny for more than one reason. Yeah. Well, I hope you did because your your window is closed. Yeah, my window is closed. Yeah, that but window I always kind of wanted to do that. That would have been... Next time I see Lan- uh, dang it. Billy D. Williams, I'm going to walk up to him and go, what you talking about, Lando? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dang it. You know, we, we had... I mean, I'm sure you remember this, but we had Gary Coleman in our studios back in the Prime that. Media days. And, that, and the whole time I was oh. thinking, if I could go up to him and just go, hey, Gary Coleman! I don't mind. 
before Gary, he was very nice. He was very professional. He didn't give anybody any trouble, but you could tell that he was just completely beaten down by his whole existence. <laughs> he did not appreciate, you know, having to or choosing to continue to make a living off off Arnold or whatever his name was yeah, in different Willis. strokes. Now, Willis was the older brother, right? Yeah, he was like, what you talking about, Willis? Right. What you yeah. talking about, William? Um, uh, here's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but uh, we had it was a it was a bizarre promo um, done by Frito Lay, I think, and they brought in it was like a live webinar webisode kind of webinar thing, I guess, uh, where they brought in on three consecutive weeks Gary Coleman, Dustin Diamond, and Omarosa, who had 15 minutes of fame, being uh, an awful contestant on uh, The Apprentice. You're she fired. Got, she got fired. You're fired. Oh, uh, she was awful. She was not a nice person. You're fired. Anyway. But and Dustin Diamond was, uh, he was kind of fun to be around. Screech? Yes. But and, he, um, he seems to have a sense of humor about, yes, about he where does. he has come yes. and, and uh, where he is now. Well, he realizes the irony or the whatever it is of his current station in life. So he didn't seem to, life didn't seem to have destroyed, you know, uh, his uh, um, self image. Um, in fact, uh, when we did this webinar thing with him, uh, they brought in, um, (laughs) they brought in ladies underpants and had them scattered around on the set behind him (laughs) clearly in the shot. It was, uh, it was very interesting. It was kind of a, his own little Tom Jones moment, I guess. That's a joke for people who are uh, a lot older than our listening audience. That actually wasn't the right dino mic. I messed up on that one. Oh, man. What dynamite was that? That was Dave Chappelle saying dynamite. Ah, same thing. Hey, you know what, Chappelle? Sorry. Sorry, J.J. Washington. Uh, Chappelle's funnier than you. <clears throat> Sorry, Jimmy. J.J. Washington. Wasn't he like a VJ? Who? Uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Washington? I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. Kind of th- the original lineup from the uh, from yeah, back, you know, uh, back when Mar- MTV Martha played music. Yes. Back when MTV first started, there was a handful of, they called them VJs. Right. Then. That's what I'm talking about. And yeah, was there was JJ one. Washington or something or other. JJ. Let's look up the original MTV yeah, you VJs. You had, had Martha and JJ and she Nina. Had figure that and makes the number eight look like the number one. And a smile that lights up the night. And it all belongs to Kid Dynamite! There you go. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, let, let's play nice. a little, nice, nice, a nice, little nice. Uh, trivia game. Let's see. Let me find the list of of original uh, MTV okay. VJs and see how well you guys can can name them. Now, don't don't uh, cheat. Hey, I do have a. I have one issue that I do want to get into here. There's there's been a tremendous wronging in the world of lists provided by Nerdist News. And I'm not happy with Hardwick or his boys for screwing this one up so bad. Okay. After you, Frank. Okay. So um, we'll just play a simple, uh, I'll, I'll point to you, okay. and Brad, and just you guys name them off. I'm looking for the original yes. one, two, three, four, five VJs for MTV. Nina something. Nina, uh, you got the first name right. Yeah, I don't remember her last name. Take a, take a stab. Reach in your head. Think about it. Nina. Heart something? Blackwood. Blackwood? Yes. Okay, Nina Bill. Blackwood. I'm going to go with J.J. Jackson. J.J. Jackson is correct. Yes! Very good. Now, wasn't there um, the guy who started podcasting, Adam something? 
Uh, I think he came much later. Actually. Was he he's later? Not, yeah, okay. he's not. He's not the um, top five. Okay. I or never. I never. I didn't have MTV when it first started. So what? I yeah, I don't know. I didn't have. There, there, there was the girl oh, next Brad. door. I was, was born a poor door. black child on a chicken farm in Mississippi. That's nice. So Martha Quinn. Right. Oh gosh, I gave you a Martha, Martha, but I was going to say Martha Jones, even though that was actually the uh, character from Doctor Who. Uh, there's Alan Hunter. Yeah. And Mark Goodman. Those were the first five. Who's the guy oh, that yeah. did the news? Oh, Those. he came much later. He was um, back in the nineties. Yes. Kurt Loader. Kurt, Kurt Loader. That's yeah. right. Yes. Does he I still do why. MTV News? Uh, you, you know, there there was an episode of The Simpsons where they they it was recorded in the nineties, where, where their life in the nineties, right? And he goes, "This is Kurt Loader from the nineteen nineties." You know, that was. <laughs> I don't know if he's even still alive. Uh, he probably is. Who knows? I hope so, for his sake. Oh man! So yeah, I'm um, so I'm not happy with uh, with Chris Hardwick right now. Why? What happened? Hmm? Chris Hardwick? I, but, but you know what? But first, I, I want to get into this. And I had a, a minor issue uh, with this on April Fool's Day because I am incredibly gullible, and I have no idea what to believe or not. Okay? Well, this is going to take a long time, <laughs> so you may want to get some snacks. I'll wait. I have We're waiting on time. you. Go. Okay. So, uh, again, this is posted on April 1st. Um, so, you know, it was on Bleeding Cool. Yeah, and, and b- Is it true or b- not? B- b- before you get into it, I have to say... Yeah. This has got to be a gag, by the way. Well, it no. was posted on April 1st? Yes. Anything posted on April 1st, you can just assume is false. That's what I'm doing, but it's so juicy and so salacious that I, I, I want it to be true. I, I have kind of lost all, like... I used to kind of think that April Fool's was fun yeah. and stuff. But it's just become such a, a internet. It's an internet day that you just want to just walk away from because yeah. it, it's too much. A lot of it is missed. Some of uh, there's a few hits here and there, but for the most part, it is just like, ugh, I'm over it. Yes. Well, okay. So this story here, um, I'll try to read the whole thing. It's not that long a piece, but it says here there's going to be. More to the already much discussed alternative extended Chinese cut of Iron Man 3 than first meets the eye. Uh, it's going to be a real milestone in the Marvel movieverse, providing the first crossover between the core Marvel movies and those set up at other studios. In short, a change to copyright laws in China mean that Marvel can now use any of their comic book characters in films released over there, not just those uh, where they retain big screen rights in the West. So they could recast the roles they want to, but instead they're teaming up with rival studios to maintain consistency. So it says here, um, all this gets going now. Um, Fan Bingbing, a uh, Chinese actress, uh, not uh, uh, not a flying uh, dragon monster, is set to appear in both Disney's Iron Man 3 and X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, hasn't been announced which characters will be playing yet, um, but, uh, uh, who, but who looks like the picture at the head of this post? And she's a nice-looking uh, Chinese uh, lady. Um, so it says, seeing as Fox and Disney are playing nice, expect a Fantastic Four tie-in also. Galactus uh, in a Chinese release of Guardians of the Galaxy? Who knows? The cosmos is the limit. In theory, this paves the way for Spider-Man to appear in an Avengers sequel, but just in China. As such, he's likely to become a key part of the team. Um, yada, 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 yada. Um, 
So um, anyway, that's the gist of the story. And I just thought, you got to be kidding me. Um, clearly, that's not true. But you know what? I didn't research it. So what if it is? How great would that be? I mean, really? You know, it'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, I um, mean, for just the most part, I just, April 1st, it's just, I don't know. It's lost some of its fun. Yeah, it's. Yes. It, it's all these polished type of productions that are just overproduced. It was always like the little news story that would kind of make you go, no way. And then you'd have to realize. And then you get stuff like that. There was Google Knows this year. That was the dumbest thing. I don't know. What shocked me is that Google actually, they've gotten me in the past. And you were a part of that at one point. I don't remember the gag, but it got me. But this one, I just looked at it and I went, obviously this is April Fool's because this is the dumbest thing ever. Well, I I think it, it comes with age that we just kind of realize it. Mm-hmm. Like I, can, I could imagine some teenagers and young kids going, what? That's crazy. Did you see Google Blue? <laughs> did Google you, Blue? Yeah, did you see what that was about? <laughs> Mm-mm. All right, if you thought Google Knows was dumb, Google Blue was dumber. Oh, it was no. it was the latest innovation in Gmail. And they have all these testimonials of engineers mm-hmm. about how they've made this breakthrough in email and how it's going to really revolutionize what it is. Presenting Google or Gmail Blue where the fonts are blue. You highlight something, it highlights in blue, <laughs> you bold, it bolds it in blue. Presenting Gmail blue, the next step in email. I never heard of that. <laughs> you can look it up on YouTube. It's pretty forgettable. I mean, it's just, it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Ken Morgan. I'm sorry, Darth, Darth Morgus, Morgus. Who said something on Facebook about, you know, it was along the same lines like that. Face, uh April Fools used to be fun, but it's like the one day in the on the year that he just wants to not even turn a computer on or something like that. Yeah, it's really just kind of. Yeah. The main thing is, can you trust it? Um. <laughs> oh, jeez, my goodness, man. That's now, okay, age. hey, uh, That's the one thing, helm. one thing, Remember the Wilhelm that, and the Goat Helm. Yeah. One thing that that they did do well on April Fool's Day. Okay, I got. I got one bit of love I do need to throw out. There's probably something else that was done well, but I'm talking about, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. Um, did you see what Netflix did on April Fool's? Um, okay, uh, on April Fool's Day, um, they <laughs> renamed the categories of their movies. Mm. You know, in Netflix, you got categories. You know, you got action, mm-hmm. family, and new releases, and recommended for you, and and instant cue, and and action, horror, and comedy, and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, so they went. Uh, this this is pretty freaking awesome. Um, so I'm gonna have to flick through these pages to read these to you, but the um, <laughs> but it, the, it the was- categories for for the movies on Netflix on April 1st were. <laughs> I'll start with. TV shows where defiantly crossed arms mean business. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a picture of Buffy and, you know, Torchwood and, you know, it's LA Inc. And, every, you know, every character is sitting there with their arms crossed looking defiantly uh, into, uh, into the camera. And it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was very, very well done. Um, next was movies that are in English but still require subtitles like uh, um, In the Name of the Father and Train Spotting and Snatch. 
you had uh, TV shows where oh I'm sorry that's the same that's that's the same one okay um, then you had movies starring Estelle Getty and some other guy <laughs> and the only movie in the category is Stop or my, Stop mom, or my will mom will shoot, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry Sly you've been uh, demoted to some other guy yes you had uh, that's awesome. <laughs> You have uh, when you watch Netflix, it watches you, and all the movies are just like an, uh, a single eye, eye yeah. you know, looking back at you, like Junkyard Dog and Rosewood Lane and Hottie Boombalati, of course, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, movies starring fruits, vegetables, and fungi, like uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, um, Shrooms, uh, The Apple, Bananas in Pajamas. I don't know what that is. Uh, Nephrotic Adventures featuring very tiny children. Um, the synopsis, uh, this is another one movie category. Uh, it's called Chasing the Kidney Stone. And it says, yes, it is a real movie. Made in 1996 when his grandfather comes down the mysterious element, a boy shrinks himself and embarks on Odyssey through the old man's body. I have <laughs> wow. nothing to add to that. Um, movies featuring an epic Nicolas Cage meltdown. All of them. <laughs> Adaptation, Raising Arizona, Face Off, Bring Out the Dead, Wind Talkers, Season of the Witch, Wicker Man, Con Air, The Rock. Uh, I think the only one they missed was Captain Crowley's Mandolin. Um, there are three more. Um, reality TV about people with no concept of reality. Uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, uh, Jersey Shore, The Hills, New York City Prep, Laguna Beach, et cetera, et cetera. Surreal ballets based on a William Shatner album. And this is uh, William Shatner's Gonzo Ballet, released in 2009, you, where you can meet William Shatner sans the iconic mask. I don't know what that means. In this fascinating documentary about the erstwhile Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. And then finally, movies and TV shows about seriously pissed off wives. Desperate housewives. Basketball wives. She-devil. Who the heck did I marry? Sister wives. Double Jeopardy and prisoners wives. So... Good job, Netflix. Maybe I shouldn't have read them all, but uh, but I did, and it's too late to stop. So sometimes I do apologize for that. The April Fool's jokes work. Yeah, and sometimes they just don't. I think the Netflix thing was clever. It wasn't necessarily funny. It was clever and and I think well done. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember. Um, I to my chagrin, to my eternal regret, I don't remember turning Netflix on that day. So I don't know if this was just a prank or if yeah, they wonder, actually did that. I wonder if they did that for one day. They should they, have. They should have, and that would have been that would have been. And I certainly you know, hope they did a respectful yes twenty four hour yeah you know something that was worthy of being on a, on a top five list of the greatest you know pranks of all April Fool's Day pranks or whatever. Yeah. There there was a um two years ago I started listening to a podcast called Tech News Today. And I happened to listen to their April first one, not mm-hmm. thinking it was April first and stuff. And so they come on, someone had suggested this podcast, and I t- download the current episode, and the first thing they start to do is talking about format wars. And remember, this is two years ago, and they start talking whether Blu-ray or HD DVD will win the format war, and everyone goes on HD DVD. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then they go across some other technology that has been proven wrong from now. But for about a good five minutes, I keep checking going, did I re- download the first episode? Because <laughs> what they're talking about, sure enough, <laughs> you know, about, about five, ten minutes into it, I finally realized, oh, it's April Fool. Mm-hmm. And... That they got a lot of flack for that show. They said 
for you know trying to be funny and stuff. It didn't go over very well. I guess maybe if I was in a different state of mind, I probably would have never listened to him again. But I was going for a walk. It was a beautiful day. <laughs> you know, I was in a good mood. I was like, oh, this is fine. I can appreciate this. What gets me is the fact that people would they get upset about stuff like that. When, oh, they, yes. when the first thing they should think of when they wake up in the morning on April Fool's Day <laughs> is, today's April Fool's Day. <laughs> Look out. I need to not believe anything I read Anything somebody tells me, yes. Anything I see, you know, just yeah. You should. Here's my advice for you on April first. This not not to you, Brad, but to all those mm-hmm. listeners out there. Stay in bed. Stay in bed. Okay. Don't get out of bed. If you get out of bed, the only reason you should get out of bed is to go get yesterday's paper and read that. That's you know, all you should do. Don't don't turn on TV. Don't look at the internet. You know. I, I have a premise for uh, the next Simon Pegg movie. Okay. okay. It's called um, April, um, not full, what's the opposite of a fool? April Curmudgeon Day or something like okay. that. Okay. Where. Or April Savant Day. Savant Day, where he is, he refuses to be fooled by anything he sees. And like the world is being attacked by aliens for real, but he doesn't believe it because yeah, it's April Fool's yeah. Day. And he's walking nonchalantly down the hall, you know, and all these things are happening. He's like, whatever. They've gone to a lot of trouble. Yeah. You know, right. but, yeah. Very been, funny, guys. So, Simon Pegg, take that. You can stop now. And so, uh, so I've got an issue with uh, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, I'm calling you out, man. Because I know this is, this is totally and who, you're doing. And who here. is Chris Hardwick? Oh, he is, um, he used to uh, guest host on um, Attack of the Show frequently. Um, he is now known for um, kind of, I don't know if he runs it or if he's just kind of the titular head of it, uh, the figurehead, if you will, um, but uh, the uh, the Nerdist channel. It's on, uh, it's a, an internet thing, a lot of podcasts, other kind of nerd news. Um, he he also, branched out last year. He does a lot of stuff on BBC America now. He also hosts the Talking Dead live program that airs each week after new addi- new episodes of Walking Dead. You were so right, and if I ever watched The Walking Dead, I would I would have known that earlier. D- uh, but you're what, absolutely right about that. Now, wasn't he also the co-host of that MTV game show Remote Control? No, that dude, was, that was John Stewart. Oh, okay. And Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn. That's who I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Of. Colin Quinn was the Colin sidekick, Quinn. if I remember right. Yeah. Remote Control. God, that was a funny show. So what did he what, um, what what is your beef with him? Okay, well, he came out with a list which I'm not I'm not happy with. I'm not cool with it and uh, I'm thinking of calling PETA on him. Um this is uh, uh Man's Bionic Friend five favorite robot dogs. And by the way, this is posted nowhere near April 1st, okay? This is posted This is posted in the second week of April, okay? okay? So, this is not an April Fools joke. He's not pulling our leg. He truly believes these are our five favorite robot dogs. The subhead, their bark is worse than their bites. B-Y-T-E. B-Y-T-E-S. <laughs> um, this is in honor of it being National Robotics Week, by the way. Um, and seeing it, I don't, I, I haven't looked at this link yet, but it says, and seeing as the big dog built by Boston Dynamics can now throw cinder blocks, we've decided to highlight five of pop culture's best man-made friends. Uh, number five, uh, a couple of these require you to be uh, a gamer, I guess, maybe, I don't know. 
Um, number five is Rex from Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. He's a that's a that's, that's a, a game. video game. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's so I said. Um, so uh, I think that's the so, noise he makes. So poor old Rex apparently has robotic uh, parts uh, grafted to him when his old parts uh, like basically break down or fall off or whatever it is. Um, so Rex is a loyal rat, a hat-hating companion of the king, uh, the Elvis impersonator whose gang patrols Southern Freeside. So, uh, number four is Goddard from the Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Oh, I do have a clip of him. Excellent, please. Yeah, we, I, I recognize that. Um, he's basically he's a he's a total robot dog. Um, he has a Swiss Army knife with the tools in him, and he can explode on cue. Um, unfortunately, he has a jagged metallic body that isn't overly uh, conducive to relaxing and cuddling. Um, but you know what? Small price to pay for uh, built-in radar and the ability to transform into a space motorcycle. I don't really have a problem with that. The next one I'm okay with, Chomps. I remember Chomps. Yeah, okay. Valerie Bertinelli All was right. in that movie. Okay, yeah, the problem is here, if you're going to go to the trouble of making a robot watchdog... I don't have a clip of Chomps. You might want it to be a more formidable breed than a Benji. So, mm. But uh, this Super Benji... Uh, did come with X-ray vision, super strength, and the ability to lay out Conrad Bane. Wow. So. Uh, the robotic dog, Chomps, which yes. was an acronym. I forget yes. what it stands for. An acronym, yes. But Canine. He, I bet uh, the C was canine. Probably. You're probably right. He, um, he responded to commands that were numbers. So, Chomps, 73. And that would mean that he would jump and kick no, someone. No, Chomps, no! Or Chomps, 14. And that would mean, you know, he needs to, yeah. to run into a building and save a kid or something. Yes. Oh, wait, I found a clip of Did Chomps. Did I mention that, Valerie, that a young Valerie Bertinelli was in this movie? Found a clip of Chomps. Okay. Excellent. I remember that scene. Yeah. That was good. Oh, no. That's when he was growling. That's awesome. I have no idea what Chomps stood, stands for, by the way. But apparently... Chomps has a, a nuclear bomb where his uh, if you pull his head off and look down his neck, then uh, you see like an atomic bomb down there or something. It's pretty amazing. And he has glowing yellow eyes when he wants to. So, yeah. Okay, uh, number two on the list is Dog from Half-Life 2. This is, I don't know. I, I got an issue with this. It says, who cares if it doesn't actually look much like a dog? Well, I do for one. Says here a better bodyguard one could not hope to find. Doesn't hurt that he's two and a half meters tall and indestructible. Um, the one able oh, to speak, yeah. he's incredibly communicative, and his master Alex often trusts his pet's advice and hunches. What's that boy? Gordon's trapped in a well. I don't, no. even, I don't even know. So you didn't play that game? No, that I didn't. Dog I never played Half Life. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a robotic dog. That that is good. I like is it? that was that, a great game actually. All right, well yeah. you guys have educated me then. So Don't you have a clip of him? Of <laughs> Chomps? Yeah. yeah, it's right here. Right. Okay. A dog. <laughs> yeah. I found I'm looking up I was I said Chomps because I was looking up the um acronym. Chomps is an acronym for canine and then the H O M is home <laughs> protective I'm sorry, protection system. Chomps, wow. an acronym for Canine Home Protection System. That is a cheap use of an acronym, isn't it? That is back in the 70s when people were just stupid. And the guy who played um, uh, 
Will on uh-huh. the original Land of the Lost. Yeah. Wesley Ure, he was the male lead in Chomps oh. alongside Valerie Bertinelli. Oh, Land of the Lost. Okay. I was thinking Billy Moomy. My apologies. Land of the Lost. Yes. Not no, Half Life. Half Life 2 is freaking great. I'm okay. Gonna, I think I'm going to replay it again soon. Okay. I liked it a lot. Do you, you guys know who number one is? Do I need to even tell you? Yes, please. Okay. Can you guess? Um, you got to guess? I'm afraid I can't. No. It's, it's fairly obvious, but is it the, I understand um, it's not going to maybe be on the right on the tip of your tongue. Is it the, um, what was his name, Daggett from oh. Battlestar See, there, Galactica? See, there's another one. Is it Daggett there's from Battlestar Galactica? I've, I've got an issue because there's one dog that's not on this list. That's number two that's not on this list. I got a clip of uh, Daggett. Okay, hit me. He just sounds scary, doesn't he? I know. He wasn't that scary. I, I he basically looked like an ape with, with like one well, woman's bracelets on his actually, arms. Actually, he hmm? was a chimpanzee it's in that you're, suit. You're blowing the gag, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did you know? Yes, he was, and it was it was bizarre. So who's the one that's not on your list? Okay, well, number one. I Wait, I think I know it. I'm going to guess. It's the Doctor Who canine. Very good, Frank. Give yourself a Scooby snack. Nice job. Chunk. That's right. Even the doctor needs a dog. This one, a 51st century robot model, is a bit of a know-it-all, which is saying something when hanging out with Time Lords. Canine can do everything from play chess and figure out complex mathematical formulas to zap bad guys with a laser gun he has in his nose. He can also speak English and expresses his obedience with a chipper affirmative. Scooby-Doo sure couldn't do that. So congratulations to you, K. Okay, I'm off script now. Congratulations to you, K. Nine, for your wonderful companionship for the Doctor and all the whatever pleasant times you've given us. And I just got to repeat it out. Have Have you guys ever read? I think it's <sighs> disappointed myself. Starship, I really should have written something for that. Starship Troopers. Saw yeah. the movie. Yeah. Who Who's it read by? Or who written huh? by? Starship written by oh yeah. son of a, you'd have Robert, to ask uh, Heinlein. Hi, uh, dang it. Um, okay, we'll go. With that. It might be that. Um, gosh, dang it. There, there's a, I know it's directed by Paul Verhoeven. There, there's there's the, a the good portion, one was. There's a portion of that book where they talk about how these uh, Robert they, A. Heinlein. Okay. They um. They they take these dogs and they implant some type of psychic chip in them so their owner and the dog become very close and they can work together and the dog can actually communicate through thoughts with the with the uh, mm. human and they be and they they create a, a very strong bond and whenever uh the one of them died in battle mm-hmm. you know whether it be the human or the dog the uh, it would just devastate the other one so much because their bond was so strong that um usually the 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 humans went to abuse, you know, some type of drug abuse, wow. and the dogs would just, just, you know, eventually that wasn't die. In the movie. No, but it, it's a, it's a very powerful section of that book where it talks about just the, the relationships of war and and how those uh, two relationships can be torn up. It's what was uh, the name of the dog on the top of the list? Canine. Canine. I got a clip. K- Canine. I got Nine. a clip. Who's the dog that's that. not on your list? I love that. Um, so, uh, Hardwick, have you forgotten about the, who should be number two on the list? Okay, I'm not saying canine shouldn't be top of the list. Canine is number one uh, with a bullet. Okay, number two though with a bullet 
and I don't want no discussion. Of the, I, I mean, you guys discuss this as you want, but don't argue with me on this point because I'm right. I have a clip of this dog, by the way. Okay. <laughs> well, do you guys remember a little, little Saturday morning uh, diversion back in our childhood, the adventures of the Blue Falcon and his sidekick, Dino Mutt. Oh, yeah. He had uh, oh, he, he Dino Mutt. Come on, his man. Arms. Oh, yeah. yeah. And didn't he had a very distinctive voice like the... Hey, Falcon. It was, it was Frank Welker. It was the Frank guy who Scooby-Doo, okay. which is do you an remember, odd choice. Do you remember when Dino Mutt and Scooby-Doo teamed up? I do, and that must have been hell on Frank Welker's vocal cords. <laughs> the crossovers, man. Uh, Those I cute loved, kids. I love Dino Mutt. Oh, dude, I was all over that show. I'm going to guess that the show doesn't hold up. I'm going to guess if you watched it today, you wouldn't think it was as sophisticated as it is. In fact, you'd probably think it's not. <laughs> I remember that they had like a... Um, a um, Fantastic Four type bathtub vehicle. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, yes. Now, what were what? I got a clip of uh, of Dynamut. Cool, good, good. I, I would love to Ready? hear that. Dynamite. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's when he would because clearly the robot dog was smarter than the actual hero he was sidekicking to. It's it's an old familiar. It's a trope, you know, and uh, it's. Just, it's a story that, that grandkids tell their grandsons, or tell their grandfathers tell their grandsons. Freeze up! I could tell by the noises coming from Frank that oh, about time. <laughs> good times. So I have a lot more stuff to get to, but um, you know, I'm good with uh, I'm good with whatever at this point. I've uh, I've cleared my conscience. Well, I'm happy see. with myself. Bill, you got some music for us, I right? I do. I do. Uh, I guess before we hit that, let's just remind I'm... everyone that on May 3rd, we're going to get a small group together here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to see Iron Man. If you guys are in the area, we'd love to meet up with you. Email us at halfourwaste.gmail.com, and we'll give you the deets, okay? Yeah, as, as they well, become available. about time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail. <laughs> oh. You're on fire tonight. I know it. Working that board like a boss. So the uh, the music track I've selected for this evening, I, I and I am I constantly torture myself. Dang it, we never got to the uh, the the worst five names for a car, computer, boat, or ship. Uh, we also no, sorry worst three names. We also never got to my worst my bottom uh, ten words in the English language. Well, you can always save for another Would show. Like a sneak put, preview? That in, uh, put that in your Quite back pocket. Uh, uh, so, so who's the band? We should really listen to that one music. Of, one What's of the, the music all about? What's the music that's going on? We should listen to okay, some music. I just want to give you one bottom ten word, okay? Oh. Shut your mouth really quick. Okay. Shut your mouth. Gluten. Nah, okay, it's one of the worst ten words in the English language, okay? The rest of the list. Ball. No, God! I thought it was... No, maybe, God, please, no! Maybe, no! Maybe, maybe... Okay, maybe next week. Okay, so shut who we got... So I have uh, selected, and I torture myself on on music selections for you guys because you deserve so much. Uh, you deserve so much, and you get so little um, for the time you put in. Uh, I want to take you guys on a real ride someday, and 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 introduce you to uh, Rocket from the Crypt, or Drive Like Jehu, Red Hall, or um, you know Pitchfork, or Flipper, Jawbox, all sorts of great old bands, and some good new bands. But uh, for this episode, I have chosen for you a track which I believe you'll enjoy. It is by The Urge Overkill. This is off 1992's Stull EP. This is the title track from the Stull EP. This is, in fact, yes, it's Stull Part 1. And if my computer works, 
Do do we need to uh, do we need to do the uh, the boilerplate first? Should we do the do you, can we can we walk you that post? Could have been halfway through it. Hello, you've been listening to a half hour wasted well, proud mom, member of the HHW LOD podcast network. Don't forget to visit our message boards at formforgeeks.com. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. Leave us a voicemail nine seven two. 798-3830. Until next week, I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'm Bill. Is that it? No, you're not going to close it? Oh, was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> you were waiting for me to filibuster the close, weren't Maybe you? Maybe that's what it was. Okay. You'll get used to it.